The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us today as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word, and we're glad you're with us as we're studying through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel. And we appreciate your willingness to be interested in God's Word and to learn from it, and we hope today can be a help as well. If you're following along with us in Scripture, uh, we are in the book of Matthew chapter 19, and we're going to finish up chapter 19 here today in today's episode. And so follow along as we begin reading in verse number 23. Uh, Matthew 19, 23, the Bible says, Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, to say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, you have to understand the context of what was being stated prior to understand why Jesus is saying this. If you remember, he had just got done talking to the rich young ruler uh, just recently. The rich young ruler had been basically, he was looking to earn salvation and he walks away because Jesus gave him basically an impossible task. You can't do what Jesus said. So as he leaves, and then Jesus then gives kind of a bit of an explanation of why he was teaching the way he was. He says, it's he goes, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's not the wealth that keeps people from being able to enter. It's not success. It's not, not just only poor people can get saved. The principle is it is hard for wealthy people to do it because they they tend to trust in their wealth. They tend to trust in their success. They tend to find no need for God, or if we can even use the phrase a sovereign being, because they've done pretty good at taking care of themselves. So they've got a healthy bank account. They're, they're smart, intelligent, talented, whatever it is. And in that, they put their trust in themselves. And, and to an extent, it makes a little bit of sense because that person has worked to get to where they are. And in this situation, you know, people who are struggling tend to look for help quicker. People who are wealthier and successful tend to be that help. And so in their minds, this is not needed. So it simply comes down to they tend to trust their wealth. And he says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich men to enter the kingdom. It's not impossible for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. The premise is that's how complicated it is. And here's why. Salvation, the need of the one of the necessary things to gain salvation is to recognize you need it. You must recognize you are a sinner. You must recognize of a, your need for a savior and turn from your sin, repent, and call upon Jesus. Those who are wealthy tend to place their trust in their bank accounts, their retirement accounts. They just don't see the need. And you'll see this in Hollywood. You'll see this in sports. They have so much accessible to them. I mean, they run into legal problems. They can afford the best lawyers. You see where going, money seems to be their source of power. And therefore, they don't see, they don't have a need for God. And one of the things necessary is that need. So he said, for the rich people, this is a very complicated thing to do. So then Peter comes in with an an intriguing question in verse 25. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? He's like, wait a minute, I don't understand how this works, if that's true. And then he says in verse 26, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, it is in, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Now, what is he trying to say? He goes back to the premise of the people trusting in their wealth, trusting in themselves. By the way, this can go to people who 
strongly hold on to religion as the way of heaven instead of relationship with Jesus. He is saying that men have found a way to trust their own talents, their own gifts, their own belief systems, their own t- money. He says th- it's going to be hard for them to change that thinking to get saved. With men, it's impossible. We're not going to change the thinking. Generally, if someone comes to me and they figured it all out on their own and they don't want to hear the Bible and they don't want to, and they put trust in their riches, uh, they're not going to want to hear the truth. He says, with men, it's impossible to change that thinking, but with God, it's not. God can break the heart. God can change their thinking. God can open their eyes to what they need. And so he's saying that men by himself, this would be complicated, but God will be the one to help them. I've, I've known many, I've heard testimony of many who, through all of their wealth, will come to the point and say, I have everything the world can offer, and now I find myself empty. Now I find that this wealth is not offering me the hope and the security and the happiness that I thought it would. And God can even use that loneliness at the end to be the answer. And so this is much of what Jesus is referencing that he can use. Um, Then again, here comes another uh, question uh, from Peter. This is where Peter said it. Sorry about that. Verse 27, then Peter answered, said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Simply, I guess the most simplistic way to put what Peter just asked is this. Okay, this man said no to salvation, but he goes back to his wealth. He goes, we have given everything. We've left everything to follow you. Almost like he's saying, what's in it for us? And now, you look at this, what's in it for them, ultimately it's going to be, you know, punishment, death for all but one of them. Uh, So Jesus gives an intriguing answer to that question for those disciples and for those of us who are understanding that to follow Jesus does come with a level of sacrifice. So what does that look like? Uh, So he says in verse uh, 28, so Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, You will have followed me. You who have followed me will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So the first thing he talks about is ultimately in the end of prophecies, Jesus on the throne in in the end times, there's going, you are going to be sitting in places of authority. We talk about the church will be one ruling, helping ruling with Jesus in the world to come. And he said they're going to sit in 12 tribes, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So uh, then the new kingdom, in the kingdom when Jesus is sitting in his throne, which he will do at the end of tribulation period, moving into the millennial grain, we will, they will sit on the throne. So he gives, number one, a supernatural answer that while you won't always see the reward for your sacrifice on this earth. There is a greater reward that exceeds anything this earth can offer. So he starts off with the heavenly, eternal benefit from this, but then he gives, can we even say a little bit of a relevant, practical answer to that? Then he says in verse 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Now, he names a list of things that if you follow Jesus, and this, this, in this case, yes, these are apostles who have left everything. So this can be as extreme as somebody who's left the luxuries of America to go to a foreign country and to serve. Can be someone who has gone into full-time ministry realizing they may not have enjoy as much of the financial benefit that the world does. 
Um, it may be somebody who has chosen Jesus, and now their family wants nothing to do with them because they think they joined a cult or something like that. Um, there's going to be sacrifice in just about any level when you follow Jesus, especially in the world where it is today. And so Jesus says, no one who gives up these relationships or these things. Here's what he says. He goes, shall receive a hundredfold. Now, I want you to stand. There's another section of Scripture, another gospel where he says, shall receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. Um, and then in heaven, eternal life. He's saying, one, you get saved, you have eternal life. He goes, we will bless you. We will receive blessing on this earth. See, God, we know that in heaven there's blessing for this, but Jesus says in this story, he says, literally in this earth, in this time, right now, you'll receive blessings. The simple principle we've often stated is you cannot outgive God. It doesn't mean that if I give to God, you'll become wealthy. But if you are going to give up land, if you're going to give up homes, if you're going to give, as he says here, you're going to give up relationships, God will give you some of those back. I've known several people who go to another foreign country having to leave their family, their, their extended family behind, and they will tell you how God has brought at that, in that ministry or in where they move people who've come into their life that are just like family. I've seen it as I've not always lived by family where God has brought people through our ministry or people that we learned in other, you know, other pastors who've come along and kind of loved on our family like extended family. God has brought people in to take care of us. The simple point is this, whatever it is that God asks us to give up, he will find a way to replace that void. I won't get more family, but he'll replace that void with other people. And that's the comfort we hold on to, the comfort that God recognizes the sacrifice. And in recognizing that sacrifice, then we just trust that God will take care of us. God will bless. God will, doesn't always mean we'll be wealthy, but we're not, he's not going to leave us alone. And it doesn't mean that he's going to eliminate the sacrifice because it's still there. But boy, he, he's not going to ignore it. He's going to recognize it, and he's going to bless as a result of it. May that be an encouragement wherever you find yourself right now, that God sees what you're going through. He sees the sacrifice, and he, he's got a way uh, to fill in that void that that sacrifice has left. Well, again, thanks for joining us on this Friday, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. Greatly appreciated. Uh, stick with us next week as we continue into Matthew chapter 20 and continue to study the life of Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again next week.